morning, St. Paul's. Welcome to our second live stream service. Uh, thank you so much for, for joining us again. It's great to have you all here. Uh, let me open us with a scripture for invocation. Uh, this is from Psalm chapter 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the hunter's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Let's pray. Lord, we are gathered here uh, virtually this morning to take shelter uh, in you. Uh, Lord, uh, we recognize that you are a refuge that you are our shield, that you are our comfort. And Lord, I pray this morning that as we uh, gather in this virtual way, Lord, we would have a strong sense of um, your protection, of your love, um, of your goodness. God, I pray that you would remind us of um, the things that are the most true, um, I pray that you would uh, give some needed encouragement uh, to us, uh, that you would lift our spirits, Lord. And uh, we just ask that you would be uh, among us now. Uh, we thank you so much uh, for your presence with us and your faithfulness to us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, I hope you are all healthy and in good spirits. Again, it's just Keith and I here this morning, and um, we are doing our best to uh, follow the six-foot rule, and uh, we're both feeling okay. So, um, But, uh, yeah, it's just us, and again, I wish that you could all be here. Again, this is not ideal. As I said last week, if uh, meeting virtually was ideal, then Jesus could have just phoned in his ministry from heaven. Uh, but no, he became incarnate, and uh, that's really what we're made for, is embodied relationships. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, this is definitely better than nothing. So I know that you guys have probably had a very unusual week. Uh, some of you parents are having to step into the role of school teacher for the first time, or at least uh, full-time study hall monitor, which I'm sure isn't easy. Um, some of you kids are having to adjust to having your parents being in that role, which is not easy either. Uh, many of you are, are working from home. Some of you have been uh, laid off, and you're not sure how long that will last, and that comes with uh, a lot of uh, fear and uncertainty. Some of you have been uh, expected to continue to going, going to work, uh, whether you thought that was a good idea or not. And, uh, of course, that's difficult as well. I know the UConn students found out this week that they will not be returning uh, to the physical campus uh, this semester. And uh, I'm sure that that's disappointing. I, I, I think they also found out that there will be no physical commencement ceremony, so that's especially difficult for the seniors. And I just want to say that my heart goes out to you guys uh, for having to have your semester end early like that. And um, I know I'm personally disappointed by that as well, because as I'm sure all of us at St. Paul's can agree, having our students with us really enriches our worship and our community. And so it's a, it's a sad thing to realize that uh, even if we are able to start meeting uh, in a physical service again soon, uh, we probably won't be seeing most of you guys again until September, uh, which is five and a half months. So that's really... Oh, that's, uh, that's hard. Um, so, pretty much all of us have been experiencing disappointments. Uh, our routines have been disrupted uh, pretty severely. We're facing unusual challenges. And some of us are feeling anxious and worried. And I just want to start by acknowledging that that is the reality that we're facing. And for those reasons, I felt drawn this week to a story in the Gospels. Uh, I'm not going to be continuing our Revelation series today. That's not to say that we won't be returning it to it uh, sometime soon, uh, but I really don't know right now when it's going to feel right to go back to it. 
could be next week, could be next month, could be September. So everything is kind of up in the air right now. Um, but uh, this week, I definitely felt drawn uh, to a story about Jesus calming a storm. That's probably a familiar one to many of us. Uh, it is from Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35. So if you have a Bible, I encourage you to turn there right now. Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35. All right. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. <clears throat> so, it's probably obvious why I felt drawn to that story this week. Most of us are in a storm. We're facing a storm, right? And some of us probably feel like the disciples here. Uh, we feel like we're drowning or we're in danger of drowning. And as this virus has continued to spread and we continue to hear the um, disconcerting news reports, some of us are feeling like the disciples. And, and uh, we feel like saying, don't you care, God? Don't you care if we drown? Don't you care about stopping this virus? Don't you care about those who are elderly and immunocompromised? Uh, don't you care about our economy? Don't you care about our jobs? Don't you care about whether or not we can pay our bills? Do you care, Lord? Are you asleep? For some people, when a storm comes, it leads them to turn to God, right? To lean on Him, to trust in, in Him. But I've noticed, uh, looking at, you know, what some people say on social media and that sort of thing, and uh, people I know from uh, back during my Yukon days, my days of Yukon ministry, I noticed that some people have an opposite response, which is to see the storm as a sign that there isn't a loving God. Um, these people reason, well, you know, if there was a loving God, then there should be no storms. There should be no coronavirus. There should be no injustice, no cancer, no economic collapse, you know. And, of course, the world is filled with those kinds of things. And so they reason, well, there just, there clearly can't be a loving God. And so their response to a storm is actually to, um, to reject God, reject the very idea of God. But what I want us to notice from this story is four lessons. And the first one uh, is very uh, applicable to what I just said. The first lesson from this story, if you're taking notes, I'm going to hold up each lesson the first one is that a storm isn't a sign that God has abandoned us. A storm isn't a sign that God has abandoned us. I know it can be hard to understand why a loving God allows storms in our lives and in the world. I get that. And actually, uh, in philosophy and theology, that problem is called the problem of evil. And people have debated uh, that question and how to answer it forever. And they will keep debating it uh, until the end of the age. And the reality is that there isn't just some simple answer to that question that could be summarized in, in a, a sentence. Um, it's a complicated question. It's a, it's a complicated and, and deep mystery um, that people wrestle with. Why does a loving God allow storms in our lives? But 
However we answer that question, we have to recognize that the Bible does not see this as an irreconcilable problem. It doesn't see it as a, 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 a problem that cannot be resolved. It is a mystery, um, but it is not something that we should look at and then say, oh, there must not be a loving God. Um, and we see that demonstrated in this story, right? Because in this story, there's a terrible storm, and yet Jesus is still present, right? The Bible is very honest about the fact that there are terrible storms in our lives. It doesn't sugarcoat that. It recognizes that we, faces, we face storms of injustice and war and famine and death, all that kind of thing. But it also recognizes and affirms that there is a loving, good, and mighty God. The storm is not a sign that God is absent. Jesus is still on this boat, even though the storm is raging. So that's the first lesson. The second lesson I want us to learn from this story is that Jesus wants us to learn to rest even in the storm. Jesus wants us to learn to rest even in the storm. <clears throat> you know, Jesus' circumstances are the same as the disciples, right? He is on the same boat, he is in the same storm. But his reaction to those circumstances is very different. What's he doing? He's sleeping. What are the disciples doing? They're panicking. <clears throat> and when the storm has cleared, Jesus seems disappointed that the disciples haven't been able to rest in the storm in the same way that he has, right? Because he says, why are you so afraid? Where is your faith? Now, to be completely honest, part of me wants to argue with Jesus here. You know, I want to say, come on, Jesus. The, the storm was really scary, right? And the disciples, they did what they were supposed to do, right? They went to you when they were scared. So why are you giving them a hard time? What did they do wrong? And here's what they did wrong. Jesus is not... Uh, correcting the disciples because they were concerned about the situation. He's not correcting them because they woke him up and went to him for help. What he's correcting is their panic, their terror. Um, the disciples were panicked. You know, they didn't just go to, to Jesus and say, there's a storm. Can you do something about this, Jesus? No, they went to him and said, don't you care? Don't you care if we drown? Those are words of panic, right? They're words of accusation. They're words of, of, of doubting the goodness of Jesus. And Jesus wants his disciples to have the kind of faith that gives them a sense of calm even when the storm is raging. You know, anything can be, anybody, anybody can be calm when circumstances are calm. Right? Anybody can be tranquil when life is tranquil. But what's really special is when someone is able to feel a sense of peace and centeredness and tranquility even when everything is unstable. Um, you know, we talked about last week how one of the questions that the book of Revelation poses to us is if everything around us becomes unstable, do we have anything to hold on to? And Jesus wants his, his disciples to be able to say, yes, I do have something to hold on to, even when everything becomes unstable, even when the storm around me is raging. In the storm that we are facing right now, this coronavirus outbreak, Jesus doesn't want us to be filled with panic. And he doesn't want us to be doubting that he genuinely cares about us like the disciples did. He wants us to be confident that he is with us, that he cares, um, and uh, that he is not going to forsake us. Now, just to be clear, uh, I want us to recognize Jesus is not telling us to be indifferent about this situation. He's not calling us to be dismissive about it. Uh, not at all. I believe that those of us who can should be practicing social distancing as much as we possibly can. I'm not a health expert. I'm not a statistician. Uh, but... Everything that I have read from people who are, uh, the 
uh, overwhelming consensus is that if we don't take some drastic steps to stop the spread of this virus, uh, our healthcare system will be overwhelmed. And uh, from what I understand, there are already a few hospitals in America, um, especially one in New York City, that is already beginning, beginning to feel the strain of having uh, more coronavirus patients than they can handle. So we should be taking this very seriously. It is not a, uh, it does not demonstrate a lack of faith to be taking this seriously and to be taking precautions. Um, if we as the church are going to be loving to our neighbors, we should be doing what we can to limit the spread of the virus. But, okay, there is a huge difference between responsible action and terrified panic. There's a big difference between those two things. Uh, responsible action is a good thing, uh, but terrified panic is not what Jesus wants for us. That's one of the lessons that we learn in this story. As we face the storms in life, as we face real dangers, real epidemics, real crises, Jesus wants our faith in him to give us rest in the storm, in the midst of the storm. All right, that brings us to the third lesson that I want us to learn from this story, which is that Jesus values time off. Jesus values time off. <clears throat> uh, in this story, Jesus has just spent a long day teaching crowds of people. Um, he's probably spent time healing many of those people. And understandably, he's tired. And so when they get on the boat, he lets the disciples take care of managing that, and he goes to take a nap. And this is just one of several examples in the Gospels where we see Jesus making time for rest and creating boundaries uh, in order uh, to rest. Um, there are times where he's described as separating himself from his disciples so that he can go off, be alone, uh, so he can pray and recharge. I suspect that as to Jesus' human nature, he was probably an introvert because it seemed like he needed to get alone to, to recharge. And Jesus knew that about himself, and he created the boundaries in order to do that. Uh, Jesus also created space in his life for having meals with friends and uh, enjoying that. In fact, he was accused of having too much fun eating and drinking you know, for a, a respectable rabbi. So we know Jesus made time in his life for that kind of rest. Um, there's also multiple times where Jesus is described as leaving crowds. And that's significant, because I'm sure that those crowds were filled with people who wanted to hear more of his teaching, right? That's why they were around him. Uh, or people who wanted to be healed by Jesus. And yet, there, there comes a point where Jesus leaves the crowd, right? And I'm sure there were people who were disappointed when he did that. But Jesus knew that he needed to rest. He needed to create boundaries in his life. And so he did that. He rested. And the reason all this is important is because if God incarnate needs to rest and sets up boundaries for rest, that means that we should as well, right? And this is especially relevant for us right now because for some of us, this situation is forcing us to take an extended Sabbath. You know, some of us might be really bad at taking a Sabbath once every seven days. Um, and this, this situation is forcing us uh, to take not just a Sabbath, but an extended Sabbath. Whether we like it or not, we're being forced to slow down. Uh, our plans have been canceled. Our options have become way more limited. Everything's closed. Uh, some of us aren't even able to work right now, uh, not even from home. Many of us are staying home. And I want to encourage us not to miss the opportunity for rest that's being given to us right now. And as I say that, I want to recognize not all of us are in that situation. Okay? For some of us, this situation is making it extremely difficult to rest. Maybe we feel like we're busier than ever. 
um, just because of the way things have played out. But for, for those of us who do have suddenly more space in our lives, I want to encourage us to make the most of that. You know, it's okay to slow down. It's okay for your productivity to be reduced. You know, one of the reasons that we're supposed to take a Sabbath is so that we recognize that the world is not dependent on our productivity. Um, it is okay to slow down. You know, so if you've, if you've got more space in your life, you know, read that book that you've been meaning to read. Um, spend time with your kids if you're home with them. Um, go for a walk outside. Watch a movie. Bake something. Uh, play, your, play your guitar or the piano or, you know, take up a hobby. Um, don't miss this opportunity. And when you do these things, don't feel bad about it. Don't feel guilty. Last week, I talked about how what we've been studying in Revelation uh, reminds us that one of the ways that Jesus wants to grow his church, one of the ways that God plans to do that, one of the ways that God plans to bring people to repentance and salvation is through the sacrificial suffering witness of his church. That's a heavy message, right? But that's one of the things we talked about last week. And I want to emphasize that again. During this time, we need to be open to how God wants us to love sacrificially and, and to bear witness to his goodness through our suffering as the church. Okay, I still want to emphasize that. But over this week, as I reflected on last week's message, I felt a desire to balance it with this point about rest. You know, we are in a very weird situation right now where, ironically, one of the most loving things that we can do is nothing. <laughs> one of the most loving things we can do is stay home cancel plans, and rest. Uh, life doesn't normally work that way. Normally, you know, kind of disengaging like that is the unloving thing to do. Uh, but right now, one of the most loving things we can do is to take a break. Um, maybe some of you have seen that meme that's been going around that says something like, your grandparents' generation was called to go to war, you're being called to sit on the couch, you can do this. Uh, there is some truth in that, right? Um, the most loving, sacrificial thing we can do is take a rest, take a break. And so let's, let's acknowledge that there's some blessing in that. That's, that's a good thing. And let's not waste this opportunity uh, to rest. If Jesus rested, we should feel the freedom uh, to rest as well. And another way uh, that we can rest um, and make the most of this opportunity we have for rest is by taking breaks from the news cycle. Uh, this is something that I am preaching to myself right now, too. I don't know about you, but lately I have been addicted to uh, checking my phone for updates on the news. I think part of it is all a sense of, um, I want to I gain a sense of control over the situation, right? So I'm always checking, checking, checking. Um, but the problem is, if we're always checking the news, always watching the news, then we miss out on the opportunity for rest, because we're not resting, right? If we're constantly glued to the news, we become like the disciples on the boat. We become panicky and terrified. You know, Jesus, do you even care? We become like that, not like Jesus, who is resting on the boat. And Jesus wants us to be more like him in this situation, right? He doesn't want us to be filled with terrified panic. He wants us to be able to rest. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be informed. We definitely should be informed. But we don't need to be checking the headlines every, every five minutes. We just don't need to do that. And if we do that, we will miss out on the opportunity for rest uh, that we have. Finally, uh, the fourth lesson I want us to learn from this story is an obvious but important one, which is that Jesus is more powerful than the storm. Jesus is more powerful than the storm. At Jesus' command, the winds and the waves stop. Right? 
And this display of power is so incredible that the disciples are still terrified after the storm stops. Right? They're terrified before the storm stops uh, because they're terrified of the storm. But then when they realize that the one who's with them is even more powerful than the storm, that's terrifying too. <laughs> um, because Jesus is just that powerful. He's powerful enough that he can control the wind and the waves. Now I want us to recognize that even though Jesus is more powerful than the storm, the storm still happened. Right? That brings me back to our first point, right? About, you know, the storms in life do not indicate uh, that God is absent. Just because Jesus is present doesn't mean that we aren't going to experience some really bad storms in life. So we have to remember that. But the ending of this story also reminds us that no matter how big and bad the storms of life get, Jesus really is more powerful than those storms, right? He is more powerful than viruses. He is more powerful than cancer. He is more powerful than natural disasters, more powerful than economic collapse, and more powerful than death itself. And no matter how big the storms of life get, those storms do not get to have the final word, right? Jesus has the final word. And Jesus' final word is the restoration of his creation. As we've been learning about in Revelation, his final word is the defeat of the curse of sin and death. His final word is the resurrection of the dead. And his final word is that he will wipe away every tear from our eyes and rid the world of death and mourning and crying and pain. Because he is more powerful than all those things. And these are the facts that we need to remember and trust and hold on to um, in order to have peace in the storm. right? In order to be able to rest even when everything around us is unstable. So, quick review, okay? First lesson, a storm is not a sign that God has abandoned us. Second, uh, God, Jesus wants us to learn to rest, even in the storm. Uh, third, Jesus values time off. And fourth, Jesus is more powerful than the storm. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that these uh, truths would sink uh, into our souls right now. Um, Lord, I pray that we would not be like the disciples, uh, terrified and panic and uh, doubting that you care whether we drown or not. Uh, Lord, help us to trust you. Help us to be able to rest like you in the midst of the storm. And help us to uh, really trust and believe that you are more powerful than any storm we face, uh, that your final word is good, and that we can count on that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, I'd like to transition now to some uh, church business slash announcements. Uh, we're going to have a time of prayer in a little bit, but... Uh, First, I'd like to talk about some of these announcements. If you are not a St. Paul's regular, some of this might not seem as relevant to you, um, but I do hope you'll stick around uh, for the time of prayer after this. This won't take too long. Uh, first, I want to talk about how we're planning on maintaining fellowship and connection in this strange time. Uh, if you are a St. Paul's regular, at some time, some point this week, you should be receiving an email from us uh, with an invitation to join an online small group. Um, and I really want to encourage you to accept that offer. Obviously, it's up to you whether you uh, accept it or not, but I strongly encourage you to accept it. You know, during this weird time when we're not gathering physically, we have to get creative. And we are so fortunate to live in a time uh, where we have tools available to us so that we can connect virtually. And so the tool that we're going to be using to do this is a video conferencing app called Zoom. Uh, I'm sure many of you are already familiar with it. Uh, if you're not, it's a pretty easy one to use. Uh, and I encourage you, if you don't have it already, after you watch this live stream, go to zoom.us zoom.us 
and download it. It's, uh, you can get a free version of it. And it's a really nice video conferencing app. Uh, when you go online and, and use it, you uh, can see everybody's picture. We used it, um, everybody's video. We used it for our uh, board meeting a couple nights ago, and it worked very well. Um, so please download that. There's also a link in our comments. Yes, there will be a link in our comments. And uh, once you've downloaded that, in the future, a small group leader will be able to uh, email you and then send you a link uh, with an invitation to the small group. And all you'll need to do is click that link and you should be able to join the group. Um, I really want our church to be strong and faithful uh, during this time. And so this is one way that we can, we can do that, by maintaining connection uh, through these online small groups. Uh, the idea here is that these groups will provide us with opportunities to support each other. Uh, they'll provide us with a way to um, let people in the church know about uh, any uh, needs we might have during this health crisis. Um, it will provide us with an opportunity to pray for each other and uh, also opportunities just to discuss uh, scripture together and uh, be enriched by each other. So, Download Zoom after this live stream. Uh, second item of church business I want to talk about is giving. Uh, first of all, I just want to thank all of you who give to support uh, our church, this ministry, uh, financially. And I want to encourage all of us to remember that even though our circumstances have changed, to a large extent, our expenses as a church have not changed. Uh, and so please, if you are able during this time, don't forget about giving. Uh, we believe that giving to a local church is uh, one way that we express our worship to God and um, how much we value the body of Christ. And uh, it's one way that we as a church can remain strong and ready to help both during this crisis and after the crisis. Now, Please understand, uh, I know that some of you are in a, tight, a very tough financial situation because of what's happening, and this is not intended to put any uh, pressure on you right now. Uh, I understand that. Um, and what I'm saying is not intended to make you feel bad, okay? Um, if you are able, though, please don't forget about giving during this time. And uh, also, if you are especially in need during this time, uh, please don't be shy about uh, letting uh, Keith or I know. Uh, we do have um, some crisis funds available. They are limited, um, but um, we, we, we do have some available, and we do want to be able to help uh, during this time. So um, don't be shy about letting us know. Uh, how can you give? There are two ways to give. Uh, one way is to give online. You can go to our website, stpaulswire.org. There's, there's a link that's been fixed there. Uh, there were some problems with it last week, uh, but it should be fine now. Just click the link that says Giving on the front page, and uh, you will have to create a, an account if you've never done that before, uh, where you can sign up uh, for, for regular giving or, or one-time gift if you want. Uh, it shouldn't be too hard to set up the account, but if you have any problems at all, just email uh, Pastor Keith, and he'll be able to help you. And of course, you can also uh, give just by uh, mailing a check uh, directly to the church, uh, to our church address. We're still checking the mail here. So um, thank you uh, for keeping that in mind. Uh, one more announcement. I said last week that we were going to be moving to a different platform for live streaming, uh, especially uh, because not everybody is on Facebook. And of course, that didn't happen. Um, and you might be wondering why. Uh, Keith and I explored the options a little bit more, and we decided that right now, Facebook live stream is really the easiest way uh, to reach the largest audience. And uh, it has some negatives, but at this point, it seems like our best option. So for the foreseeable future, we will be here. Uh, we apologize to anybody who doesn't want to be on Facebook uh, or is not on Facebook. Uh, we value you guys as part of the community, and uh, we're sorry about that. Um, but uh, 
just like last week, this will go up on YouTube uh, immediately after the service. So there is still a way to watch, even if it's not uh, live. So we apologize for that, um, but it's the best option for now. All right, I think that's it, Keith, unless you had anything else. Did I miss anything? I think you got them all. All right, <clears throat> cool. All right, well, let's uh, enter into a corporate time of prayer. If you have a prayer request, um, besides the, um, the obvious ones that we'll definitely be praying for, uh, please let us know right now, and uh, Keith will read those off to me, and then I will offer them up uh, on behalf of all of us. Now's a great time. If you have prayer requests, please feel free to type them in. Yes. Oh, Stephanie asked about the YouTube page. I'm sending her a link right now. Okay. And if you don't have a prayer request now, please know that you can always email prayer at stpaulswire.org. Once again, that's prayer at stpaulswire.org. Yep. And you can also, uh, if you want our community to be praying for you, you can go to The Core, which is a group page on Facebook. Yeah. Cindy has one that her daughter-in-law, in Kim, Kim's cancer is back. Okay. Sorry to hear about that, Cindy. Yeah. For Nancy with stage three lung cancer. Erickson. Peace for households where domestic violence is an issue. One prayer request came in for the mental well-being of kids, um, particularly for a son who's having a really hard time. And I think that goes out for all kids, especially uh, kids who are used to being social and extroverted and want to be able to hang out with their friends. And this is just a tough time for them right now to go through that. Allie's son Josh to find work in his field. He was sent home with only two weeks left and cannot graduate, therefore isn't officially certified. So sorry to hear oh. about that, Allie and Josh. Stephanie's returning to her office this week, so she's pr praying that it's safe uh, for her kids. Pray that it's safe for her to make packets for her kids. Who is that? Sir? Stephanie Barbell. Okay. going back into the building, you said? Yes. Yeah. Seems like it's a short-term thing to make packets for, for kids. Yeah. Well, we'll give about 30 more seconds. If anyone else has a prayer, please feel free to put it out at this time. And also for more kids who are struggling, for bows. And also know that we are, we're trying to plan something as well for the kids, uh, hopefully a Zoom small group, so they can at least be social and seeing each other visually. So uh, be, be on the lookout for that too, parents.
not going to be able to pronounce that last name, but for Joey's autoimmune flare-up from uh, Lori. Clara's asking for a prayer request for her compassion sponsor children. What's her name? You know? Who? The, the sponsored child. Yes. I'd like to add also for all of the missionaries in, uh, in the world right now, uh, who especially are the Ricci's who are trying to get back to Asia and who have, are having issues because uh, some of their documents are there with their visas. All right. Those are Ed, Edgar and Kenzie, Claire's sponsor children. Okay. All right. Let's pray, and I apologize in advance if I missed your, if I missed your prayer request. <clears throat> Lord Jesus, we come before you now, um, uh, maybe a bit more humbled than usually usual. Um, Lord, we recognize uh, the fragility of life and um, how quickly uh, society can, can destabilize. And we just recognize, Lord, that our hope needs to be in you. Uh, we recognize that uh, when the storm is raging, uh, we need to find our hope in you, Lord. And we thank you uh, that your gospel provides us uh, with foundation for stability in difficult times. Lord, I pray that your church would be a light uh, in, in this difficult time. Lord, I pray that we would uh, be people who are both uh, active in, in doing what's right, and at the same time that we would be people who are not panicky and terrified, um, that we would project a sense of calm that is so needed uh, right now. A sense of calm even as we... Um, are faithful to uh, respond uh, to the reality of the crisis that we're facing. Lord, we pray for the stopping of this virus, Lord. We pray that the measures that are being taken would, would be effective. Um, we pray that uh, the outbreak would slow down. Um, and we, we pray that we would be able to look back on this moment uh, several weeks or months from now and, and celebrate um, that the worst case scenarios did not come true. Uh, we pray also that this virus would remind us of the things in life that are most important. Um, we pray that it would remind us of our need for you, Lord. I pray that if it, um, if, if there's things that we need to be um, we need to be inspired to repent about, Lord. I pray that this virus uh, would inspire us to repent, Lord, to turn to you. Um, to trust in you um, as we recognize the reality of uh, the fragility of our lives and our need for you, Lord. Bring us to a place of humility and repentance. And Lord, we pray for those who are doctors and nurses, uh, first responders. We pray for those who have to keep working during this time. And uh, Lord, we pray for your grace on them, Lord. We pray that you would sustain them. We pray that you would protect them. Um, we pray, Lord, that you would help any of us who interact with them to be kind to them, Lord, to be, to be kind and gracious, uh, even if we're stressed. Um, and uh, we thank you, Lord, that they, they are continuing to do the jobs that they are called to do, um, even when it comes with risk. Lord, uh, we lift up uh, Kim Sharples, whose cancer is back. Uh, Lord, we pray uh, that uh, you would ease her, her fears during this time. Um, I'm sure it's hard to have a storm within a storm. 
that she's experiencing right now, Lord, but we pray that you would give her rest, um, that you would enable her to, to rest in the storm just like Jesus did. And um, we pray, Lord, uh, against the spread of the cancer. Um, we pray for healing. Lord, we pray for also uh, for healing for Nancy, Kim Erickson's friend. Um, we pray that uh, you would demonstrate uh, your power and uh, that you would manifest your kingdom, Lord, uh, by stopping the spread of that cancer. Um, Lord, we know that we are looking forward uh, to a future kingdom where disease is eliminated, and we pray uh, that you would give us signs of that future kingdom in the healing of Kim Sharples and Nancy. Lord, we pray for households where domestic violence is a problem. Um, it's got to be so hard uh, for, for uh, kids um, or spouses uh, who have to deal with that and also are, are staying home. Lord, we pray for your peace to reign in those places. Uh, we pray for those who inflict domestic violence, um, that they would uh, recognize the harm that they are causing, that they would repent of it, that they would feel remorse. Um, that whatever stress or um, fear or insecurity uh, or wickedness is, is leading them to do that, Lord, that, that you would uh, break in and, and free them from that, Lord. We pray for your protection on those who are suffering from that, Lord. Uh, we, we pray for the UConn students and professors as they're having to make this transition to online classes. Uh, we pray that they would be able to teach effectively, that the students would be able to learn, um, that, that everyone would be patient with each other, and we pray that uh, this whole experience uh, would be one that brings um, a sense of unity um, and greater uh, kindness and appreciation uh, all around. Lord, we pray for the mental well-being of kids and the parents that are caring for them. Um, we, put, we pray for um, all of the kids, Lord, who are wondering what is really going on, who are feeling anxiety, who uh, just want to spend time with friends and go outside and, and play with their friends. And, and uh, Lord, we pray that you would calm their nerves. Uh, we pray that you would help them to understand uh, what's going on. And uh, we pray that you give parents wisdom in how to communicate to them um, the significance of this situation without inspiring uh, the kind of terrified panic that the disciples experienced on the boat. Lord, we pray for Joey Sierra, whose autoimmune condition is flaring up. Um, Lord, we pray that uh, you would be with Joey. I know that he has experienced this before, and you've carried him through some really rough patches uh, with, that, with that disease. Uh, we pray that you would carry him through again. We pray for peace in the storm. We pray for Claire's uh, compassion children, for Edgar and Kinsey, or Kenzie. Um, we pray, Lord, uh, that you would be with them, that uh, you would be helping them to grow healthy and strong and in the knowledge of you. Uh, and we thank you so much uh, for um, the concern that Claire has for them. And uh, Lord, we pray that you would continue to grow that compassion in her and in all of us uh, for those who are disadvantaged. And um, we also pray for missionaries around the world during this uh, difficult and strange time, Lord. Uh, we pray that you would give them courage. Uh, we pray specifically for our missionaries to China, uh, for the Ricci's and for Scott Szymanski. Uh, Lord, we pray that uh, they would be able to return in your time. Uh, we pray that you would support them uh, financially. Uh, we pray that you would meet all their needs and meet them in surprising ways. And we pray that you would open up opportunities, whether they are in-country or not, to be sharing your gospel and um, inspiring people to turn to you, Lord. Please continue to work, work through them. Um, work through them maybe in exceptional ways uh, during this time, Lord. God, we, we pray for all this and for the unspoken requests as well. Uh, Lord, we, we pray that we would have a strong sense of your shelter your protection, your love, your goodness during this crazy storm, this strange time. And um, Lord, help us to remember uh, that the way that the story ends is with uh, restoration, resurrection, and um, 
glory. And we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. One more for Josh and Allie. Oh, sorry, yes. Uh, Lord, we also uh, lift up Josh Carreau, and uh, we pray that you would encourage him. Uh, he He's uh, had to end his school year just two weeks before the end, before graduation, and I know that's got to be discouraging. It's also got to be discouraging not to have certification when we expected to have it. Um, Lord, I pray that you would uh, remind him uh, that you are with him in this storm, and I pray that you would provide uh, for his need for employment. Um, I pray that uh, you would bring peace uh, to him, um, and I pray, Lord, uh, that he would not uh, be discouraged about... Um, they, they, uh, well, I pray for all students, Lord, UConn students and uh, for high school students, for people in tech schools, everybody who's had to have their year end abruptly. Um, Lord, we just pray that you would provide and you would encourage. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, I apologize if I missed any of those requests, um, but uh, thank you, thank you for praying. And uh, one of the advantages of doing it this way is that you guys see all those requests too, and so you can be mindful of them and be lifting them up in your own personal prayer times as well. So, do we have anything else? I think that's it. Remember, if you have a need, please, please email it to Pastor Ryan or myself and uh, also your small group leaders that you hopefully will be forming this week. Let us know of any needs that you might have. Yes, be on the lookout for those emails. Um, and again, obviously it's up to you whether or not you participate, but I strongly encourage you uh, to take up that opportunity. And if you know of anyone who, uh, or if you missed some of this message or know of anyone who you think could use this message today, please feel free to share our YouTube channel with them or possibly share this, uh, this message with them through Facebook. Yeah, definitely. All right. And we miss you guys yeah, a lot. We do. Yeah, this is... Uh, this is tough for extroverts. <laughs> Very tough. <laughs> well, I'm an introvert. It's still tough for me. This is not the way that I True. like to do it. Let's say our benediction, while our service has ended, our worship has not ended, because our worship never, never ends. ends. Now, go in peace, or stay in peace, <laughs> to love and serve the Lord, and to love and serve his people. Thanks, Thanks be, to be to God. God. Amen. Amen.